0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Your Bibles turn to the book of Joel. Joel 2. Find verse 12. Why? But I know it is. I'm mindful tonight, God, that we stand before you as on a sea of glass. Your presence is here. Your power is here. Your word. So real, so true, so sure. Heaven and earth will pass away with your word. Joel 2. Thank you, Minister Mike. Joel 2, find verse 12. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and with mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him? A grain offering and the drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Father, we thank you for what you did this morning, Children's Church and youth and junior high, what you did online, what you did in all the services here in the main sanctuary, what you did through Kings Worldwide. We thank you. What you've done through the body of Christ around the world. And now, Lord, on this eve of our 21-day fast, I pray and ask for your power to be put on display in our hearts and our lives, Lord, that we would be marked by what takes place tonight. Holy Spirit, come. Would you just ask the Holy Spirit to come and touch you? Come on, lay hands upon your own heart and pray that you would have ears to hear and a heart to respond. Come on, lift your voice. Give me liberty to be able to preach. I thank you for the great privilege and honor it is to pastor along with this incredible staff under the leadership of Dr. James Morocco and under you, the great shepherd. So move in power, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning, I preached a message out of Daniel 10 and then Isaiah chapter 58. Daniel 10 is a powerful passage of scripture where Daniel, the prophet Daniel, is seeking the Lord for understanding and it says there in the second verse that he, he kept himself, or he mourned for three full weeks and he kept himself from eating any choice food. It's called the Daniel Fast. And uh, maybe some of you are going to be doing that kind of a fast over these next 21 days starting tomorrow. 12 midnight. I, I've had I've had times just before the 21-day fast at like 11.45, like, I just want to have one more cookie. Just one more. And then, you know, 12 o'clock is over. And uh, I know maybe you're not like that, but there's been seasons where I I was looking for a biscuit on the way to church today. <laughs> a little biscotti to go with my coffee. So we talked about fasting. We talked about prayer and how in Daniel he sought the Lord and it's, it's a go-to scripture for me. I use it every year. I mean, 20-something years. I've been preaching the same, similar message from that text and others, of course, this one as well. Great word tonight. It's going to touch you. And so Daniel fasted for 21 days, and what's fascinating to me is is it says in that text, I think it's around verse 12, 13, it says that, that the angel comes and visits him, and he says this incredibly revelatory thing to Daniel. From the first day you set your heart to gain understanding, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. So think about that. Think about the fact that the angel shows up and, 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 and breaks out this understanding, but he never would have got it had he not had a prayer life and had he not interceded and prayed for 21 days with fasting. And the angel talks about how he was hindered by the prince of Persia. One angel, Hezekiah's day, 180 people wiped out by one angel. So one angel hindered by the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia is a demonic entity that is set to hold back and hinder the plans of God. We talked about uh, in the book of 1st or 2nd Thessalonians, 1st Thess 2, 18, that Satan desired to hinder Paul. Satan hindered Paul from visiting the church in Thessalonica. Wow. And so we made application to say that it would be A simple conclusion to say that Satan desires to hinder the plans of God. we know that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So would it be safe to say that Satan would like to hinder you and the plans that God has for you and your family? Yes, would it be safe to say that Satan would like to hinder the church of the living God? Yes, would it be safe to say and not too much of a stretch to say that maybe there's demonic darkness who would try to hinder us from finishing our building, from moving forward in the plan of God, from reaching the lost, from expanding the kingdom. Yes, yes, yes on all accounts. But I've got good news tonight. God is on the throne. He's defeated hell, death and the grave. But it's like it's like D-Day and V-Day. D-Day is the day that they say that we, that we had victory, that if it wasn't for D-Day, that we would have lost the war and you'd be speaking German and I'd be speaking German with you. But D-Day happened except more lives were lost between D-Day and World War II and V-Day when the actual war was over. And that is the way that it is today. Jesus came, was crucified on a cruel Roman cross, died a criminal's death, rose again on the third day in fulfillment of the scriptures, defeating hell, death, and the grave. He took the keys of hell and death, and he rose again. He led captivity captive. Hallelujah. But still between that day, that D-Day, if I could say it that way, where the final blow, the last Adam came. So that that you and I could be saved, so that you and I could be healed, so that you and I could be set free from every yoke and every bondage. And if you've come into this place with yokes and bondages and difficulties and addictions, you have come to the right house. You've come to the right place to receive joy, liberty, and freedom. Can you say amen? amen? Can you say a better amen? And yet, with that incredible revelation and the truth of the historical fact that Jesus was crucified, took your sin and mine, many people still choose to go to a devil's hell. Many people still choose to stay in bondage. Those that are perhaps even in this room and under the sound of my voice will not walk in the freedom that's been purchased for them and somehow stay in a place of ignorance. And many times it's because of generational curses or bondages or simple choices that they make. Many people don't want to be free because they want to hold on to their sin. If they really knew what freedom was, they'd let go of that crutch and find real joy, real hope, real peace. And so as we summarize a little bit this morning before we get into this message tonight, what Daniel did in 21 days affected the heavenlies. and Literally the prince of, of, of Persia, which is in operation in Iran tonight understand that this battle this this conflict that we're in is absolutely about Israel it's absolutely about the purposes of God and I'm not it's not about republican or democrat i'm just telling you the prince of persia is still alive and still trying to operate through those in iran and those in leadership he's still trying to raise up a Nebuchadnezzar. He's still trying to raise up those who would bring, bring death and destruction on Israel and, and, the, and the little Satan, which they call the United States of America. I can't speak 100% for the United States, but I do know this. I don't see the United States in, in, in world events in the end. That can be argued a number of different ways. One thing we know for sure, that Israel will never be destroyed. That God is going to protect Israel as Psalm 125, as a mountains, mountains surround Israel, so God is surround, as a as mountains surround Jerusalem, God will surround his people both now and forevermore, Psalm 125. You're never going to see a bomb going off and blowing Israel, to people, a, a, a nuke, nuking, I'm telling you, you're not going to see Israel wiped out by some nuke that's sent from the Prince of Persia. It's, it's not going to happen. I'm going to firmly believe that. What Daniel did in 21 days of prayer and fasting brought a breakthrough in the heavens where an angel was able to break through this demonic battle. Ephesians 6 talks about that and bring him understanding that's applicable today. So if you study the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, all of that, we're in it. We're, we're living in those times. The angel said that Daniel is for a revelation for a time afar of off from now. And we're, we're actually living in it. So it's a book that should be studied. The whole Bible should be studied. But the book of Daniel, end times, along with Revelation, just amazing for where we are right now. Absolutely amazing. And I talked about how there's true fasting and false fasting from Isaiah 58. And true fasting is, is really, well, it's talked about here, a rending of your heart and not your garment. There's, 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 there's fasting so you can tell everybody you're fasting, you look miserable, and everybody can think you're spiritual, and you, and, and really you're filled with strife and bitterness and the, and the wicked fist you raise, Isaiah 58. True fasting, actually, I, I don't know that it has all that much to do with food, although there is a folding down of your humanity that when you're fasting and you restrict yourself from food so that you could pray, I'm telling you something happens when you do that. But you can restrict yourself from food and still be a big jerk. And you're not going to see much breakthrough. Because real fasting isn't, a, isn't raising your wicked fist and walking in bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. No. So, over these next 21 days, we can affect change in the heavens and in our own personal life. We can see yokes broken off in the heavenlies and see the greatest harvest we've ever seen in 2020. Can you say yes? Yes. And as well as in our personal life. And that basically is the message from this morning. And I uh, talked about, for a brief moment, the book of Joel. And so we read here from verses 12 to 14 and it is, uh, pardon me, 12 to 17, it, it's, it's about fasting, it's about prayer. And the whole chapter, chapter two, is, is amazing. And whenever a yoke was put upon God's people, invariably, when, any, when anything ever happened that was contrary to God's plan, people that are wise, people that are, that are attuned to the things of the Spirit and understand God's word, they would turn to fasting and prayer. Our nation, the United States of America, was founded on fasting and prayer, if you actually study that. And you'll see that George Washington fasted and prayed. John Adams fasted and prayed. They would call national times of prayer and fasting in times of difficulty. And if I I was president, which I'm not, I just might call one tonight because we do not know what will happen in these next few days. And if you understand, listen, you say, you're making me a little freaked out. I'm so glad. Because if you think it's just a walk in the park and Iran's gonna do nothing or whatever, ain't nothing gonna happen, may nothing happen in Jesus' name. But I'm telling you, we are on the edge of it all. And I'm not sure how it's gonna work out. I just know that in the end, we'll be in glory and God's purposes will be completed. Can you say amen? Amen. Can you say a better amen? amen? The biggest concern I have, honestly, is not for me and my family. The biggest concern I have is that we reach the harvest that God has called us to reach in this great Northland. The biggest concern I have is reaching the broken, hurting, lost people who've not given their heart to Jesus, who don't know the the hope of salvation and the joy of the Lord. People, there's so many that are broken. They're they're sitting on bar stools tonight down at the mugshot. There's people that are so jacked up all across America. He said, well, I don't know about that. Then you haven't visited Walmart at midnight lately. <laughs> Hezekiah prayed. The king, is a king, and, and Assyria had come. Hezekiah's tears tears his clothes, and he, he weeps at the temple. It's this picture of repentance, and God intervened. This is in the Old Testament. Even Manasseh did things that were clearly wrong. Wicked king. Yet, when he prayed and fasted and repented, God intervened. Ahab, you ever heard of him? Jezebel with his wife. Ahab had issues. You think you had a difficult marriage. You'd be married to Jezebel, that'd be really tough. Ahab. Ahab, Ahab fasted and prayed. (laughs) And God intervened for the likes of him. Everybody listen to me. Whenever you have a problem, when you have a problem, there are opportunities for God's breakthrough. And when you have a problem, you ought to take a good look at your life to determine whether maybe you're the source of it or not. Tap the person next to you and say, well, praise the Lord. I'm so glad you came to church. Are you a source of problems? Are you a source of problems? Our nation has an epidemic of opioids, an epidemic in our culture, and problems are opportunities for us to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Don't ever waste a good trial. Let me say that again. Don't ever waste a good trial. Because trials and tests will turn into testimonies if you treat them rightly. And if you have something on the inside of you that's causing you to run your own self over with the bus, some of you know you should probably figure that out. That's not too much fun being run over by the bus. Look at the context of this; these verses that we looked at. In fact, uh, locusts are on the way <laughs> for Joel. Locusts are on the way, and they're gonna eat everything in sight. And it's at that point that God says, Hey, you might want to (laughs) repent. As you can hear, the locusts are coming. He's like, yo, (laughs) you might want to rend your heart right now. You might want to repent. The moment in time, locusts would come upon Israel, and all that they had worked worked for would be gone. And as I, I can't emphasize this enough, we stand on the precipice, at the very edge, where we do not—we're not sure what is actually going to happen with Iran, with North Korea. We don't live in fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And a sound mind would determine that, hmm, the book of Daniel and Revelation seem to be coming about right before my eyes. I think I better check myself before I wreck myself. I don't want to ride on into 2020 numb and sedated on sugar, hallelujah, and and over on some other opioid. You know what I mean by some other opioid? In other words, maybe you do have an opioid problem. I'm so glad you're here. But there's lots of people that sedate themselves with money, sedate themselves with... We've got children here. Say, I'm really getting nervous now. Good. I'm so glad. It's time to be sober. Snap out of it. Put the Xbox up put the PlayStation controls up for a minute and just look around and see the hour in which you're living. Wow. Well, you say, well, you know, I, I've got money in the bank and everything's going pretty good for me. You know, that's a problem. We have a, a, we have a tendency to get smug when things are just really good, you know, and, and uh, you know you've got your food, you've got your clothes, you just got your Christmas gifts that you asked for, and and you know you you know you're walking the blessing, and I'm not ashamed of the blessing. of God, neither should you be. We're, we're blessed. Come on, someone say we're blessed. We're blessed. Yeah, but don't don't let that don't let that lull you to sleep, and don't let that be used by the enemy to move you to a place of apathy and lethargy and not understand the hour in which we live. I'm fully aware of what's happening. And tonight, you know, bondages can be broken off of your life. And I believe bondages already were. I had had one of our brothers say, I had ringing in my ear for years. I believe believe it's gone. Come on, God, God can heal people and set people free tonight. All right. A description of true fasting is here. Look at verse 13. So turn to me with all your heart with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Rend your heart, not your garment. This is a picture. Again, you could tie this into Isaiah 58. Rend your heart and not your garment. Return to the Lord your God, rending your heart, not your garment. What is that about? It's about having an attitude change. And if you want to take notes, you can take notes about that. Right, Have an attitude change. James 4, verse 8 through 10 says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. There has to be a brokenness, a brokenness for sin. I will tell you a powerful uh, YouTube uh, to listen to, it's David Wilkerson on anguish. Now, if I played it for you right now, and I thought I would, I thought I'd, maybe I'll just play the thing for you. But we'd probably have babies crying. No, it is so intense. I mean, if you have some spiritual fortitude, I challenge you to go look at the, the video from David Wilkerson about anguish. Where is the anguish? Because most people don't have anguish over their sin. Because we've, 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 we've really emphasized, and, and, it, and it's, it's beautiful, this pendulum, this pendulum in the kingdom, you know, this, oh, it goes all the way one side, and God is just love, and He's just amazing, and the Lord loves you, and oh, Daddy God, and all of that, and I think that's cute and great. I, I, I think that's good. That's true. But there is also this judgment, your sin that put him on the cross and having a, now you can stay over in this section and end up like really walking around and filled with sorrow. That's not biblical, but it's also not biblical to be just skipping around all the time and have no revelation that, that it's the sin of the world that was placed upon him and, and your role and, and, and anguish over, you say, well, I'm not sinning. I used to sin. I'm living for God now. Okay, but then take a look at the places in your life maybe that's not quite right. Or the places that maybe you're hiding, or the the shadow where where you've got your little pet sin. My precious. The level of Christianity and maturity you're walking in is what you do in the dark when nobody will catch you. Rend your heart. It's an attitude change. Part of repentance is a, a change of your heart, a change of your attitude. And we have a tendency to get angry, we have a tendency to get proud. We all have a tendency to do that. We need to change our heart. Come on, say, God, change my heart. Our thinking's got to change. This is all part of rend your heart. You have an attitude change. Change your thinking. Change your thinking. I preached on uh, last Sunday night, one week ago, about mental fortitude. I had more people contact me about that message. Oh, pastor, I needed that word praise God, go listen to it again and listen to it again and listen to it again. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to learn to think the word. You can't afford this what the Lord spoke to me years ago. You can't, son, you cannot afford to have thoughts in your head that I don't have towards you. And I realized, man, I had a lot of thoughts in my head that, I, that he didn't have. In other words, they were from my soul or from something I, I, I learned as a kid or, or, or maybe religion taught me or, 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 or some lie. And so you've got to rend your heart. It's a change of attitude. It's a change of your thinking. We're talking about fasting. Return to the Lord, verse 13. So rend your heart, not your garment. Return to the Lord, verse 13. It's it's having a new focus. You know what your new focus should be? Come on, Jesus said it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add all things. Many people don't seek first his kingdom. If you'll seek first his kingdom, he will add all things. I'm reminded as I'm in your preaching to you now, I'm reminded of a story of a, I believe it was a Japanese uh, American student, and she was brilliant, super high level IQ, pushed by her parents uh, to be the best student, went off to you know, Yale University, and was, uh, and was at, in university at the very highest levels there at Yale, where she got gloriously saved. And while she was saved, she had, she had something like eight hours of homework every single night plus. And there would be weekends where she'd have to do eight and 10, 15 hours of study Saturday, Sunday, and then go back. No, we're not, we're not talking just, you know, read a couple chapters, okay? We're talking about high levels of uh, higher learning. And some people are educated beyond their own intellect. How many of you know what I mean? We could have more degrees in a the thermometer and not be able to do one thing for the kingdom of God. But she was pushed that way and was excelling. And she got saved and the Lord spoke to her and said, I want you to pray two and three hours every day. And she said, Lord, I can't do that with the schedule I have. And he said, if you'll put two to three hours first before everything else, I will magnify and amplify your ability to be able to study and you'll get things done much faster than you would if you didn't pray the two or three hours. So she just obeyed. Imagine that. Imagine obeying. And she, she obeyed, prayed two or three hours. And to hear her testimony is absolutely astounding. What ended up happening is she would pray two or three hours. She'd get all her work done in a fraction of the time and went to the top of her class. And then, and then in a moment, the Lord said, I'm pulling you out of the school and you're going into full-time ministry. And she went into full-time ministry as an intercessory prayer person. That's what she does. She could go on to do these amazing things that the world would say is amazing with a graduate of Yale University but now she's in some house of prayer interceding and praying and seeing the power of God come down and being powerfully used by God. I'm telling you God wants to mark you with a glorious visitation but if you don't get a new attitude and you don't change the way you think and you keep doing the same stupid thing. You do the same stupid thing. You think you're going to get another result? Just take your hand with exceeding force and hit yourself upside the head. Maybe that God will help you. Have a new focus. Seek first the kingdom of God. And keep in mind He's holy. God's holy. He's holy. He's a holy God. He's totally other men. He's not like your buddy. You know, I, I'm not, I, I'm a father. I'm a spiritual father to many. I'm a father especially to my two children that are one in university, Hannah, and then my son, Daniel. Okay, I love them. I am not their buddy. Okay, so I just I have a different model for like parenting. I, I don't desire to be, the, I'm not their best friend. I'm their father. Okay. That's a very different view that maybe some parents have. I don't agree with the other model. I don't. I hold a place of honor and esteem in my house and with my children that, that none of their little buddies, God bless them all, they have great friends, no offense. But I'm more important than them. Amen, I'm just saying. Uh, they need to have healthy friends, right? Some people view God as like, he's just, he's just your buddy. He's not your buddy, he's God. And to to have a a revelation of his holiness. Now, granted, when you have that revelation, then you realize what he did for you and me, that we are the the righteousness of God, that we're made holy by his blood. Then you can boldly come before him and and stand with him and, and, and look at him with eyes of burning fire, hair white as wool. Stand before the Lord. If you imagined yourself here, do this. Everybody close your eyes. You imagine yourself before the throne of God right now. What does he look like? And if you see God looking at you with anger and shaking his head, that's not the view. That's not a a biblical view. You say, well, I'm afraid to go there. It's because you don't understand what Jesus has purchased for you. And you don't know who you are in God. I come before the Lord, and I have to be careful. Because if I go too deep into this thing of the spirit, I'll fall out, and Pastor Kirsten's gonna have to take over. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah? We're to walk with him, to talk with him. And there's so many things that want to rob us and steal from us. Fasting's an amazing thing. To rend your heart. To change your attitude. To change the way that you think. To have a new focus on God. Keeping in mind he's holy. And having a true fear of God. A true fear of the Lord. That's not a fear like the boogeyman. Fear is all mixed with reverence. Keys, please. All mixed with reverence. And many people don't have a fear of the Lord. My wife can be heard throughout the day, throughout the year, praying. I mean, Hannah mentioned it at our leaders' meeting as she shared for the first time before, before the church here as a junior in college. I'm so proud of her, she did a wonderful job. And she shared, she, she said, "Well, I could hear my mom saying, teach us to number our days. So she'd heard her mom say, throughout the years, teach us to number our days, oh God. Another thing that my wife says all the time is teach us, teach us to fear of the Lord. Give us the fear of the Lord. Give me the fear of the Lord, God. You know, I think the Lord's done that to a certain degree for me and for, for so many others. That's a beautiful thing. That's a great prayer. Give me the fear of the Lord. Some of you have a fear that's not healthy about the Lord. And that's not the what he wants. Come on, lift your hands. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The atmosphere has shifted. De vreke le le bom va la de tsitsi yo kala la Do from on hof fo shondor bi che de kala la man brandy la la long la la bon front lo lo boho fichi ti la la long la baie ti a la bon fra pa la kala la bon de de tsida ve evramo vron la baie che kala la la baie de The hour has come. Oh, let me stop before I interpret. That was tongues. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's in 1 Corinthians 12. There's tongues with interpretation. That's prophecy, which I'm about to give. Oh, don't change on me. Then there's tongues, which is a prayer language. The Lord says, I'm releasing gifts of the Spirit to those who would walk in reverence and fear. The fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom. I'm releasing gifts. I'm releasing gifts. I'm releasing pearls of great price to those who would fear me. For those who would walk in reverence and fear, I will confide the secret of the Lord to them. And I have secrets and I have mysteries that are needed for this hour and for this time. It is given to you to know the mysteries of the things of the Spirit of God and to steward them to others in parables. I speak to hide truth from casual observers, But to those who fear me, to fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Time is now. The hour is here. The season is, is here. Call upon me. Call upon me. Call upon me. I'm what you're looking for. I'm all that you longed for. Yearn and turn with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me, says the Lord, and I will make your path straight. 2 and 5 repent and do the things that you did at first if you don't repent I'll come and remove your lampstand from its place as Jesus talking to the church the Methodist Church has just gone through a split and I'll just tell you those that are standing on the acceptance of same-sex marriage and the ordination of homosexual priests, their lampstands being removed. And I don't like church splits, but if you can't get that right, it's time to split. It's time to stand on God's word. It's time. To, it's time to believe God's word. We grieve over that. It's one of the largest denominations in the whole world. We grieve over it. You cannot violate this you cannot violate this and because you're walking in God's blessing he puts his finger on something that that it's not right Don't, he's not winking at you he's doing it so you would rend your heart change your attitude have a new focus on God begin to seek him turn to the Lord with all your heart if you're on the internet and you have problems on the internet with pornography get off the internet A young boy in high school, it's a true story told to me and Pastor Kirsten many, many years ago. young boy in school was coming home and he was having a problem. Back in those days, they didn't have the internet. So he'd stop in the five and diamonds, go to the magazine rack. And he couldn't, he couldn't break it free. So he came to the front and he asked Dr. Morocco to pray for him. And Dr. Morocco had a word of knowledge that he was struggling with that that issue that has been put into electronics and pushed all over the world now. You don't have to have a magazine, just got to have a phone or some device. And he said, would you pray for me? I, I, I don't want this in my life anymore. And Dr. Bronco said, I'll pray for you. He said, but first tell me how is it that it comes about in your life? He says, well, I, you know, I, I get out of school and I, I go home and I walk past this five and dime and I I turn in and I get all stumbled. And, Doctor, I'm going to pray for you and you're going to go home another way. Some of you need to go another way. You keep doing the same thing. That's part of turning your heart. That's part of turning towards the Lord and changing your attitude. Years ago, I was working uh, in in Hawaii at the Grand Hiawilea, and I was a waiter making. Pretty big money for a waiter. Hundreds of dollars every shift in tips alone. It was New Year's. I was serving God. I was loving God. And I had this great job. It was New Year's. And towards the end of that night, it was going on at a New Year. Towards the end of that night, all kinds of debauchery started taking place in the kitchen. out in I mean, it just started getting really ugly. And I could feel that thing just sucking me in. And I thought, I'm not gonna make it, I'm not gonna make it. I started getting like terrified. I was in the, I remember being in that, in a little waiter room, you know, on the side of this master four five star restaurant. And I remember pacing back and forth going, I'm not gonna make it, I'm, I'm not gonna make it, I'm gonna blow it, I'm gonna blow it, I'm, I'm gonna blow it. And I look up and you know, one of the waitresses is like, <sighs> I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm ruined. It's before Karen, don't worry i just heard the lord say one thing run i thought run run and i went run i mean i think i've even said it out loud but i ran out of that i blasted i'm going to talk about a scene some crazy guy running through the ran through all the way back into the kitchen grabbed my backpack ran out people going where are you going out the door, didn't punch the clock, running through the grounds, all the way to the employee parking, got in my 1969 Pontiac Le Mans with a 350 in it, got in, did a neutral drop. Do you know what that is? That's when you get in and you're so fired up, that you just put your foot down, and then you drop it. I did a four-wheel drift through all of those turns through Wailea, some of you know where that is. Wow, almost losing control. Race all the way to the middle of Ke- Kihei, screened my car up into the parking lot, threw it in park, got out I was like, yes, yes! And the French guy that was the manager saw me about two days later, I didn't, I didn't go back to work, I didn't know how to fix it up, it wasn't the greatest. But I didn't backslide. And the French guy saw me, I'll never forget, he saw me at the post office and said, You never work for the, the hotel ever again. You, you, you're responsible. I said, Yes, I know. I know. I'm so sorry. He says, Never again, you blacklisted. That's okay. I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. Some of you need to run from some of the stuff you're involved in. You need to run. Some of you are involved, and this is a word of knowledge. You go to work and that cute thing in a skirt or that handsome man is listening to you and your problems and, and there's developing this, this trust and this friendship and no longer are you sharing that with your spouse because you're sharing it with him, you're sharing with her. You're setting yourself up for adultery. Stop. Go home another way. As we enter into this time of prayer and fasting, rend your heart. Change your attitude, get a new focus on God, and by all means, restrain from food if you want to, because true fasting really doesn't have anything to do with food. Lift your hands to heaven. Can I have five more minutes? Man, I feel the Holy Spirit in here. (laughs) Come on, lift your hands to heaven one more time and just thank Him right out loud. Whoa, thank you. Whoa, thank you. We'll do it. We'll rend our hearts. We'll change our attitudes. We'll have a new focus. We'll focus on the kingdom. Take right action. Take action. Serve the Lord with your action. Do something for Him. Get plugged into our life groups. Be a part of our teams. Serve the Lord. You know, that's an aspect of your discipleship. If you don't, you've given your heart to Jesus. I'm so glad. And if you haven't in a moment, you can. Giving your heart to Jesus. Wonderful. Read the word. Get that Bible plan that I encourage you all to read. By the way, I posted that letter uh, from McShane, that Irish, uh, pardon me, Scottish pastor from the 1800s. It's on Facebook now. So if you want to go to the church Facebook, you'll see this letter that he wrote. And and there's some other things or instructions on actually how to do that. I'll put that up next. I didn't get a chance to do that. I just figured I'd put it on Facebook. You all mostly have Facebook. If not, then you can ask your friend and they can get it for you. Get in the Word. Eat the scroll. Come on, say it. Eat the the scroll. And a part of your discipleship is serving. I talked this morning about how we need people to help in children's ministry. See, do we have enough help? Yeah, we do, but we need more. Why? Because we're growing. It's it's not like it's understaffed. There's praise God for the people that serve back there. Come on, somebody ought to say yes. It's not so much that we need you to help. You need to serve. Because if you don't serve, you'll be distorted in your discipleship. You have to serve. You have to. If all you do is hear the word and you never learn to apply it and give back, you'll become warped. Nah, I don't want to serve the you know, last church. I served I ain't. Mean, I'll get over it and get healed and, and be a part of a healthy church, a healthy church. It's not that there's not unhealthy people here. There's mean, ugly people everywhere. He said, there's hypocrites in church. Darn right. I don't want to go. There's hypocrites there. Where else should a hypocrite go to get delivered? You can't get delivered. You want to, hypocrites ought to go to church so they can get set free from their hypocrisy. Can you say amen? Take right action. Be reconciled. My, my, my. Corporately seek the Lord. Verse 15. Blow the trumpet of Zion, consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. I've called it. We've called it. 267 churches around the world. That's not only that, but I really, I think most spirit-filled works are fasting in January. We waited six days so you could just fatten the calf just a little bit more. But now it's time. Now it's time to slaughter the calf. (laughs) Hallelujah. be a part of our corporate times of prayer. Get in morning prayer. Tomorrow, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., seven days a week we've got prayer. On Friday nights from 6 to 8, we'll be right here. There'll be worship taking place. Amen. All through the month of January on on the final night of the fast, the final day of the fast. It's January 2026. We'll have a miracle service. All right. So you, you Focus towards that, believe for that, invite people to church, serve. Can you say amen? Be involved in prayer. Individual prayer and corporate prayer is different. Individual prayer is different. Praise God. You pray over your food. Pray, praise God, you pray for each other. I hope you do. But corporate prayer is different. Like I said, I was a painter before I became a full-time pastor. Painter's hammers are the most sissified, ridiculous hammer if you're trying to nail a nail. It's great for a little painter's can. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. It's key little. Individual prayer is powerful, but corporate prayer is far more powerful. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put. I want to believe I'm believing for hundred people in morning prayer. One hundred people in morning prayer. You know God's spoken to you. Quit being disobedient. And get your carcass out of bed and get down here and pray. You missed a great place to say, amen. You're like, I know God's talking to somebody, but praise the Lord. I, I got to close. Verse 18 and 19. We didn't read this, but the Lord will be zealous for his land and have pity on his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I send grain and new wine. This is a picture of provision. It's a picture of deliverance. This is what happens. If you'll, if you'll rend your heart, not your garment, turn to the Lord with your attitude, refocus, sink on God, begin to live for Him, live a lifestyle of repentance, knowing that He's holy. Thank God. Amen. And live that way. What will end up happening is deliverance and provision come. Deliverance, verse 20. I'll remove far from you the northern army. Whoa. And I'll drive them out into a barren and desolate land. My goodness. Verse twenty-two, we didn't read this, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm referencing it because it all ties together. Don't be afraid of the beasts of the field. I'll open up pastures, open pastures are springing up, and trees are bearing its fruit. Come on, God's going to bring you fruitfulness. Verse twenty-five and twenty-six. Oh, this is like a life. This is a life word for me. I, this is one of the first prophetic words I ever got. So I will restore all the years <laughs> that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust chewing locust. He restores all the wasted years says another version. It's like the first prophetic word I ever got and I had so many wasted years and I've watched God restore I've watched God heal I've watched God deliver come on it's time to turn and seek God with everything you got it's time to serve Him. It's time to get on fire. It's time to seek Him with all your heart, with all your mind with all your strength. It's time to push yourself away. It's time to push yourself away from time and tradition and seek God why He may be found. It's time to call on the name. It's time to call on the name. It's time to call on the name of Jesus. Verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterwards. After what? After you rend your heart, not your garment. After you do all of these things. Outpouring. We have a prescription for miracles. And I'll close with this. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a prayer plus fasting. Now there's prayer. Fasting means repentance and mourning. Restricting yourself from food, sure. But it's really more of an attitude of your heart. And we're going to do focus on God. Prayer plus fasting equals outpouring. There is no other way that outpouring comes. Outpouring comes no other way but through repentance. and, And Corey Ten Boom said that the depth of repentance will be the depth of revival. I think revival's rather shallow right now. People sampling the anointing. It's a wonderful anointing there. It just makes me sick. I'm not sure what I was doing right there. I think that might have been like the Holy Grape Collection. Pastor Kirsten taught me that years ago. Stand up on your feet all across this place and lift your hands to the heavens. Powerful word for my life. I believe it's powerful for you too. And so tonight, we call a sacred assembly. We sanctify ourselves and ask you for an unction, for an enablement, for a grace. Give us the grace to fast and to pray. True fasting. We turn to you and we turn to you tonight with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, and all our strength. We're not here to play some religious games. No, we're not. We're here because we realize that we're the church of the living God. And as we go, so goes our community. And I thank you that you've called us and selected us. I thank you for that prophetic word that you're releasing pearls. You're releasing gifts. You're releasing pearls of the fear of the Lord. The secret of the Lord, he confides with those who fear him. Lord, we receive that. I receive that. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to fear of the Lord. Teach us, Lord, to anguish as Nehemiah had anguish over the sin of his forefathers. That we would own. We would own the sin of our own nation. As if it was ours. Lord, forgive us for all the abortion. Forgive us, God, for the atrocities and the perversion. Forgive us for perhaps prayerlessness and lethargy. Wash and cleanse us, God. The water of the Word and the blood of the Spirit. Right now, the blood of God, just Jesus' blood, covers us right now.